This is the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Here is your host, Justin Self. I'm always excited to start a new series, um, but I'm really, really excited about this one. Today we begin a new series um, where I'm going to be teaching and interviewing some people about tongues speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be thinking, uh, you know, if you've been brought up from a Pentecostal background or a charismatic background, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I've heard this before. I've I've been brought up in this thing. Um, You know, or on the other side of the fence, you might be someone who's like, oh my gosh, I've heard about this. This is the devil. (laughs) This is wrong. You know, speaking in tongues is wrong. Um, Well, I'm not coming at it from either one of those two points. Um, My history was that, uh, you know, I, I was raised in church and brought up in, in, in church, but tongues and speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit in general was not emphasized. Baptism of the Holy Spirit was, was something totally new to me. And so later in life, when I started hearing about people, you know, talking about this experience and talking about speaking in tongues and all this and how it's for today, initially I was pretty skeptical, but not from a place of prejudice where it's like, I've already had like bad teaching against it, but more like, well, gosh, like it was never emphasized. So what's going on? But I knew it was in the Bible. So where I came from was like, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to take, take a look at God's word and see what God's word says about this stuff. And I'm just going to, I mean, I'm going to talk to the Lord about it and see what's going on and see what his, see what his word says. And so that's the position I come from when it comes to all these things is I really wasn't prejudiced either way. I was just neutral. You know, I was like a blank whiteboard, you know, I just, I had nothing already written on it. And so I got to get right into the word of God and have kind of an unbiased view um, to really check it out and see what's going on. And so I, I encourage you, um, this is going to be good. Um, this is really going to be encouraging. And I think it's going to answer some questions for you, whether you, whether you are already speaking in tongues and baptizing the Holy Spirit now, I think this is going to help and encourage you. But also if you're the person who, who isn't quite sure, or maybe you've had some teaching on the other side or other, you know, whatever these types of things are, uh, I believe this is really going to encourage you and minister to you. And so, uh, I want to start out by saying that, uh, you know, there's really uh, a couple different positions here, right? People take, um, I mean, there's there's position one, I call it, right? Speaking in tongues was mentioned in the Bible, and it's in reference to the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, but at the end of the day, it's no longer relevant for today. Uh, number two would be, and I guess, you know, that was kind of probably where I came from, I would say. Um, it wasn't emphasized, it wasn't spoken against, but it was like, yeah, you know, it was there in the Bible, we recognize it, we kind of skip over Corinthians 14, <laughs> uh, we skip over 1 Corinthians 12, uh, we get right into 1 Corinthians 13, and then we uh, skip over 1 Corinthians 14, and then we kind of ignore Acts chapter 2 a little bit, you know, it just, it was, it made us uncomfortable, right, you know, we were very comfortable in our Christianity of, you know, just focusing on Jesus and focusing on being good and doing good, which is awesome, uh, but I'm here to tell you that there is so much more in the New Testament for us today. Okay, more on that later. Um, I would say point number two here, uh, I guess position number two would be like speaking and praying in tongues. It, it is for believers today. And this ability comes by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what many charismatics and Pentecostals and those of that nature believe. Now I'd say within that camp, there's two pieces there. Um, there's one group that says, okay, speaking in tongues is 
the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's it. That's camp one. Camp two says that the initial evidence of the Holy of being baptized in the Holy Spirit does manifest in speaking in tongues for sure, but also that this is a supernatural language that is intended for daily, regular use in uh, private prayer and in other spiritual ways. Um, and so more on that later. Uh, I wanted you to be aware of that point. Uh, I say the third point here that I've got, um, and again, please excuse me, I am reading from my notes, but there's just so much to cover today. So I'm really excited um, about introducing this topic, okay? Uh, number three would be speaking in tongues is outright demonic, devilish, and should be avoided. That would be point number three. <laughs> so maybe you find yourself in one of those three camps. Um, th- again, the whole point is, you know, which is it? You know, we're going to see what God's word says about it, and we're going to take a good look from scripture, and I'll share some personal experiences as well. Um, I do want to tell you quickly before I get into this that, um, you know, I had been born again at a very young age. I think I was age four when I was born again. And I remember walking down the aisle when I was four years old and receiving Jesus to be my savior. And, uh, that was awesome. And I mean, in this, in the grand scheme of things, man, that was the greatest miracle that has ever happened to me in my life. Clearly that changed my life forever. I mean, I'm, I'm born again. I'm born into the family. My sin nature had been washed away and, and I had died with Christ and been crucified through him so that I could receive the life and the goodness of God and receive redemption, right? So clearly that's like the most important thing in life. However, I'm here to tell you, I lived for another, uh, oh gosh, uh, 19 years. I lived another 19 plus four, no, 20 years. Excuse me. I I lived another 20 years uh, of my life without much power, without much like actual external evidence of being born again. I mean, I, you know, I went to church and I did all these things, but it just, it didn't change my, my life on earth that much. It really, it changed who I was eternally being born again, but it really didn't do that much for me in the moment. And I'm not saying that that's how it is for everybody. I'm just saying that was my, my story. It didn't do that much for me in the natural. Okay. I just, what I'm getting at is that when I was baptized in the Holy spirit and started speaking in tongues, that Absolutely. Now, even though that experience is second to salvation, salvation is the number one thing. It's absolutely essential. Speaking in tongues and baptized in the Holy Spirit is not essential to get into heaven. I'm here to tell you that right now. The scripture doesn't tell you that. doesn't say that anywhere. Believing on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is what gets you into heaven. Okay. But I'm here to tell you, my life radically changed in a moment. I mean, my physical life on earth, my mind, my will, my emotions, my body. I mean, man, things just started happening for me. I got into the word of God. I just, I just started loving the Lord more. I just started knowing things and getting revelation and getting downloads. And I mean, I'm telling you, man, I was a different person the moment I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that's technically true when I was born again and received salvation, my spirit was born again, but really the outward manifestation to other people wasn't that great. If you know what I'm saying. Now, of course I know I was four years old, right? What a, how, how much of a sinner was I at four? But I'm telling you, um, the, the difference between those first 20 years, you know, from age four to 24, those, those first 20 years was mediocre at best for me. You know, you would not have been able to tell looking at my life for all intents and purposes, that I was born again, um, honestly. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues, I, man, I am here to tell you something changed and I lit off like a firework and I just got into the word of God like I've never been in in my life. I just started receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit, hearing God speak to me, 
you know, knowing things and having the word of God just come alive to me. So the, the difference was so radical. And so, and I want that for everyone. I want everyone to experience what I experienced and, and the goodness and the glory of God and what he has for us. So today we are introducing the topic of speaking in tongues, okay? Um, but before I do that, I want to encourage you to check out some stuff on our website. You may have noticed if you're on our email list that I've been sending out um, notifications about new free downloadable Bible study resources. This is new for us, and I'm so excited. This is something I've wanted to do for years, and it's happening. It's actually happening. So I've uploaded a, uh, a resource that I call the King Josiah Chronological Resource. And basically what I've done is over the years, I've studied the life of King Josiah in the Old Testament. And King Josiah's story is in two different places in the Bible. It's in Second uh, Kings, and it's also in Second Chronicles. And it's actually kind of hard to read when you're trying to get the whole picture you know, bouncing back and forth between those two things. And so what I did is for my own personal studies, I, I put it all chronological, put it into columns, made it organized and put it into a PDF so I could mark it up and make my notes. And then I realized one day I'm like, Hey, uh, other people could benefit from this, you know, other people could, could, could maybe benefit from this. And so I've put this online and I want to read this to you. This is, this is something straight out of the, the book, if you will call it that it says, why use this study resource? And this is what I wrote. It says, I have been meditating on the life of King Josiah for nearly half a decade, and the Holy Spirit has breathed incredible truths into my life from this mighty king over the years. For example, before I traveled to Africa for the first time in 2017, the Holy Spirit spoke prophetically to me that in the same way that King Josiah purged the land of demonic worship, so I would also deliver people from satanic strongholds and devil worship. I took God's word seriously and meditated on the life of King Josiah, seeing myself purge the land of demonic worship and satanic forces until I saw myself purging the land of those demonic forces. My faith was strong in this area. During the trip to Africa, I witnessed some of the most spectacular displays of the power of God that I had ever experienced. It was awesome. Our team watched as both individuals and entire groups of people were delivered from the power of Satan with nothing but a word. As the gospel was preached, demons evacuated their hosts, and we saw nearly 1,000 people born again in less than two weeks. Glory to God. I shared that story with you to encourage you that living, that studying the lives of different people in the Bible yields multiple levels of benefit to the believer. Oh my goodness. It's just crazy to even think about what happened. But um, King, you know, studying the life of King Josiah really changed some things for me. And so I wanted to encourage you that that is out there. And really what this is, is just a study resource. I've just organized the story. Uh, it's all just scripture. Um, but I've, uh, I've just organized it into a way that's, that's meaningful. And, uh, you know, I share that story with you to, to, to share with you that uh, studying the life of somebody in the Bible and you making it personal and letting the Lord speak to you through that person and their circumstances and what he did in their life can, can change your life too. Um, what's really cool as well is, uh, besides just the study resource, I've uploaded a personal notes edition. So I've actually, um, uploaded a PDF copy of my personal notes that I've taken on the life of King Josiah, put it up there for free. And, you know, uh, hopefully that's helpful to somebody and you can be encouraged by that and that'll help you in your study as well. I also wanted to mention to, uh, those of you who are not yet partners with our, with Unstoppable, uh, please consider being a partner. You can go to patreon.com slash unstoppable blog, where we have some different, you know, partnership opportunities and you can partner with the blog, uh, the podcast, and, you know, so financially into this seed, but you can also give directly to Pastor Peter in Kenya, which I encourage you to listen to our um, podcasts about him. We did one a few episodes ago and uh, there's a lot going on over there with our friend in Kenya. 
Um, and I, I want to encourage you and um, extend the opportunity to you to sow into that as well. Okay, so let's get right into it. So what does God's word teach us about speaking in tongues? Oh my goodness. Well, the short answer is a lot. Uh, and basically it's way more than I have time to do on a podcast. And so I'm just going to give uh, some highlights and some, you know, some points here that, that should make an impact. So I want to start out in, in the book of Mark, um, chapter 16. This is the very last chapter of the book of Mark. And if you have your Bible, I encourage you to get your Bible and open it up here. Um, if you're driving, uh, that's okay. I encourage you just to listen along and let the word of God do something in you as you drive, but maybe look this up later. Mark chapter 16, uh, this is verses, I'm going to go ahead with verses 15 uh, until 18 here. It says, and he said to them, this is Jesus, talking to the disciples just before he goes up into heaven. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That word, I want to point out real quick, that word signs, when it says these signs will follow them who believe, uh, this is the Greek word semion, semion. And really it's the word for a road sign. You know, you're driving down the road, you look up, you see in, you know, at least in North America, we, they're green, you know, and it says so many miles, or if you're in another country, so many kilometers to the next big city or your destination. The whole point of a road sign is that it tells you where you are in your journey or, and, or it tells you how far you are to the destination. It also tells you that you're on the right track, right? If you're on a road trip or something, uh, you know, you look up and you're like, okay, wait, I'm lost. Where am I? You see that you're on the way to Los Angeles. And sure enough, um, you know, the sign shows you that you're so many miles away from Los Angeles. Great. I'm on the right track. I didn't miss it. Um, we're doing good. And so the point here is that uh, when it talks about these signs will follow them that believe, it's talking about the miracles and the wonders and these things, um, these signs, these things, and it gives you these list of things. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name, in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. Casting out demons is a sign. It's a road sign. What is it pointing to? It's pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to, these signs are pointing to Jesus. They're pointing to the one whose message we're preaching you know, we're sharing with the world the gospel of Jesus that, man, there is only one way to heaven. There's only one way to have right relationship with God, and it's Jesus. And we want to be preaching the gospel not with words, but with power, right? Isn't that what the gospel says? That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians um, 4.20. The, the kingdom of heaven is not in word, but in power, right? If we have fancy words and arguments and we just try to theologically debate with people, man, I'm here to tell you, no matter how good you are, there's probably someone else that's better and they're going to, if you convince somebody of something, if you convince somebody of Jesus with nothing but human words, somebody else is going to come along and convince them of something else. Okay. We bring the power. We don't bring a better word, natural, naturally speaking. We bring the power. Listen to this. And these signs will follow them who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. When I saw this for the first time, I'm thinking, okay, that's it. <laughs> I don't have any doubt anymore. You know, it just took one scripture. Now I know we, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we are going to open up more scriptures. But for me, this was just like, okay, <laughs> in my, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Well, 
And then it says they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Well, I've seen all these things come to pass. pass. Um, I'm not sure if I've drank anything poisonous. If I did, I didn't know it, right? You know, I'm sure I've eaten something that may be questionable, and praise God, I receive it with thanksgiving and move on. But, um, man, I've seen these things happen, and the power of God works. And this is a sign to people. And so how are, how are tongues a sign? Well, what I'm trying to say here is that this is something that, um, that tongues are something that is supernatural. It's not a natural human language and that it is actually to be used as a sign. It also helps you know, yeah, we're on the right track. This is, a, this is something that we're, we're doing in the gospel. This is, you know, and I'm going to talk about praying in tongues as like a private prayer thing a private prayer practice, like a kind of a private language, but also it can be used in ministry. And when it's used in ministry, it can totally be assigned to people. Uh, there are many stories, and I'm going to share a couple that are of people who, you know, hear someone speaking in a tongue and they recognize that language as something from like their own home native village or something from another country. And, and they're just blown away by it, you know, and they, and they receive Jesus because of something like that. But tongues are more than just that. They're more than um, just natural human languages. And that's kind of what I wanted to point out here is that's kind of the first point of contention or question that people have about tongues. They say, well, you know, tongues are just a natural human language. Well, that can be true. Let's look at Acts, the book of Acts chapter two, okay, where this is actually the case, um, where when they did speak in tongues for the first time in scripture, uh, they were speaking in an unknown tongue. It was unknown to them, but the people who heard it heard in their own natural human languages. Notice in Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. This is talking about the 120 or so people, men and women, by the way, not just men, men and women, baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Now, I do also want to make a point that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. How does that mess with your theology? <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus, was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Come on. That's going to rattle somebody's cage. I know it. But I'm telling you, man, that's the scripture. Now, check this out. As we read on, it says uh, in verse five, it says, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Uh, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them. This is the disciples and the 120 and the women and all these people speak in his own language, right? So you have Jews from all over. They had come to Jerusalem for this time and they heard, they, you know, they hear the sound of a rushing mighty wind in the city and they're like, whoa. And so they go and they check it out. And sure enough, it's this house. And then there's all these people and they're speaking in these crazy languages. But every single one of these travelers heard them speaking in their native tongue and it blew their minds. It was a sign. Look what happened next. I'm going to skip down here to uh, verse 11 here because they go through the list of all the different um, locations, you know, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and all these different locations. They just basically list out this huge list of, of natural physical locations where they're from and what the languages that they're hearing. Verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Verse 12, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Notice that they were in tongues. These people were, they didn't understand what they were saying, right? They had no clue. 
They were speaking in tongues. Holy Spirit was giving them utterance. They didn't know. But these people that were listening interpreted because it sounded normal to them. Well, what did they say? You know, was it, was it of the devil? Was it something bad? Well, look at what the interpretation is. It says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues. This is verse 11 of Acts chapter 2. The wonderful works of God. Friend, I'm here to tell you, tongues, you know, is the devil going to give you something as a gift and have you, when you, when you use this gift, it's going to glorify God? Is that, is that from the devil? <laughs> when, it's, when, you're, when you're speaking something out and you're, you're speaking out the wonderful works of God? Hmm. I don't think so. I'm so excited about this, guys. This is, I mean, I know you might think I'm being silly, but man, I'm, I'm telling you, people really believe this stuff and people are hindered. I mean, this is burning in my heart that people are hindered from a higher level of what God has for them because of religion and religious teaching. And oh, you know, tongues are of the devil. Well, you know what? I, I, I understand that you've had teaching along these lines and I'm not trying to discredit your experience. I know it's valid. I get that. But I'm here to tell you, let's look at the scripture. Let's see what God's word has to say about the matter. Man, these guys were speaking in tongues. It was unknown to them, but it was a sign to these people in, in Jewish culture. It was a sign speaking in their languages, the wonderful works of God. Now, look what happened. What's the result of this whole thing? Look, look at this down here. This is the result of the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to skip down to verse uh, 37. This is after Peter got done just ministering to these guys, uh, everybody who'd shown up to, to listen to this thing. Peter st stands up and just ministers the word to them. And at the end of this, they all, it says, now when they all heard this, they were cut to the heart. Man, Peter's words were anointed by the Holy Spirit and they cut right to the heart. Friend, I'm going to take a side note. When you're ministering by the power of the Holy Spirit to somebody, you don't have to be on a podcast. You don't have to be in front of a church. You don't have to be ministering on a crowd, you know, to a crowd on a platform. When you're talking to somebody about the Lord and the Holy Spirit is giving you the utterance, and he's giving you the words, man, I'm telling you, it's going to cut them to the heart. It's not going to be this fancy flowing words and all this debate and theological this, that, and the other. Man, that's up in your head, right? That's all a bunch of mind games. Holy Spirit will speak through you in such a way it cuts to the person's heart. That's one reason we have got to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot just go with our heads. Our heads can be deceived, but our hearts are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And I'm telling you, friends, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, man, the Holy Spirit just takes a whole new level of residence in you. And man, you are just full of his power and you can minister and you can share and it cuts to the heart. Praise God, man. I'm excited about that. All right, check this out. It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Man, that's what I want. And said to Peter with all the rest of the disciples, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Praise God. That's an open door. You know what I'm saying? That is an open door. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord, our God will call. And it says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. My goodness. So these guys were praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, baptizing the Holy Spirit, going off. People hear it. It's a sign. It opens the door. The sign opened the door to the word of God. Peter was able to share the word of God in scripture and just God's plan for salvation with these people. Boom. The result was that 3,000 people got born again in one moment. Man, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> tongues are powerful and they can be an amazing thing. I want to share a story with you about this kind of the same thing where 
we have a person who, um, you know, uh, where, where I want, the example I want to use is that tongues, praying in tongues can actually uh, manifest as as speaking uh, a natural human language. My former uh, pastor, Pastor Mike Unverzat, who I, man, I, I cut my teeth working with him and just serving under him and his ministry at the House Northwest in Vancouver, Washington. And I just, uh, I learned so much from Pastor Mike and Val. And one of the stories that he, that he shared that really blew my mind was that he was in a meeting once and he was just ministering, ministering. And then just suddenly the Holy Spirit, you know, he just felt like praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. Um, in that meeting. So he started just speaking away in tongues and it was something he didn't recognize, you know, and it sounded kind of Arabic to him, but he didn't really know. And of course he doesn't know any of those types of languages in the natural, but he's just praying along and, uh, you know, and then, and that was it. And so they, they kept going with the meeting and, um, and after the meeting, somebody come up, comes up to him and started talking to him in, in English and saying, wow, where did you study Hebrew? And <laughs> pastor Mike's like, what? No, I, I haven't studied Hebrew, you know? And the, this man said to him, are you sh- like he couldn't believe it. He's like, wait a minute, you were speaking in the middle of your message. He said, you started speaking perfect. And I mean, I mean, perfect conversational Hebrew. Because this man, I guess, was, um, you know, had, I I forgot if he was either a a native born Hebrew speaker or was maybe a doctor or someone who had studied and, you know, uh, was a professor of such. But Pastor Mike just looked at him and shook his head and said, man, I just was praying in the the Holy Spirit. And, um, Pastor Mike asked him, well, what was I saying? <laughs> you know, if, if you could interpret it, what was I saying? And, uh, and this man just replied that he was saying the wonderful works of God. He was just glorifying God and magnifying God in Hebrew. And Pastor Mike had no idea what he was saying. He just was praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. Man, that was a sign to that man, right? Um, another story I have that's pretty pretty interesting um, is I also know another pastor friend named Pastor Stephen, and he was... Uh, on the street once ministering and just was talking to a Hispanic fellow and they were just talking along conversational, you know, and, uh, and pastor Stephen was able to minister to him along the lines of the word of God and with, um, talking about the gospel and all this. And, and, uh, they talked for quite some time with this, you know, this Hispanic man and near the end of the conversation, uh, pastor Stephen just looks at this man and says, man, I just have to tell you, your English is really, really perfected. I mean, you have, you just speak such eloquent English. I'm just impressed with, with that. And this man looks at Pastor Stephen and he goes, I was just going to tell you, sir, that for a white man, your Spanish is impeccable. And they both just sit there looking at each other for a moment, <laughs> trying to figure out what happened. And then from that point on, they couldn't understand each other. <laughs> this other man was speaking in Spanish and Stephen was speaking in English and they just couldn't understand each other. So they just went their ways. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? What a crazy story. Um, you know, so tongues and, and, and languages can be assigned to people and it can be a, a, it can be a sign pointing to Jesus and pointing to the supernatural power of God. I'm, man, those guys went away blessed from that. I want to point out that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about, though I speak in the tongues of men and, and of angels, though I speak in the tongues of men and angels. So there are, uh, there are tongues of men and there are tongues of angels. There are angelic languages. Okay. Uh, I'm just bringing that out to point out that there is, there's more scripture on this than maybe we think, right? There are, there are angelic languages. So now I want to get into this. What, what is speaking in tongues if it's not uh, purely a human language thing? Now we've just kind of gone through an example, a few examples where it could manifest as a human natural language, but there's more to it than that. Okay. There is a tongues of angels. There's an angelic language part of this. 
check this out. 1 Corinthians 14, and I say one instead of first because it's just easier, rolls off my tongue better. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Uh, check this out. <clears throat> it says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. Hmm, wait a minute. We just talked about tongues where people understood. So what is this? This is a different kind of tongue, right? This is a different, notice in Mark chapter 16, he says, they will speak with new tongue, one kind of tongue. Is that? No. They will speak with new tongues, plural. Mm, that's very important. Okay. I want you to note that there's different types of tongues, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, uh, the ministry of the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. These are different things. These are all different things. Okay. So now we're going to switch from the speaking in tongues and having that be like a natural sign and a natural human language that someone else on earth can understand. Now let's switch into the angelic language. Okay, let's see what that's all about, the heavenly language. Okay, so this is a different type of tongues. Remember, Jesus said that they will speak with new tongues, plural. Here's a different kind of tongues. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Hmm. That word mysteries in the Greek is the word musterion. And it literally means, oh, this is such a beautiful word, the secret and hidden things of God. Oh, the secret and hidden things of God. How on earth, how, glorif how, how glorious is that, friends? That you can actually speak out of your spirit the hidden things of God. You don't have to understand it with your mind. Remember, we are body, soul, and spirit. Okay, we're a three-part being. 1, Corinthians, uh, 1, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, body, soul, and spirit. We are a three-part being. And so your spirit is what's absolutely 100% connected and hooked up to the power of God all the time, all the time. But it's your mind, right? That's the filter, your mind and your soul. That's the thing that, uh, you know, that's how much of the spirit you get into your physical body, right? I'm going to make a side note here. People uh, listening, um, you know, there's somebody who who's wondering why healing isn't happening in their body or maybe why their finances aren't, you know, the way that God's word says. And you might be confessing the scripture and you might doing these, that, these things. I'm here to tell you, in your spirit, you have got all the power, Right? The Bible says that in uh, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So your spirit is connected to the Lord. I mean, it is woven with the Lord. And with that, there's all the power and the goodness and the glory of God in that. Now, all the healing and all the resources and all those things are in the spirit. They're there and they've been purchased for you by the blood of Jesus. And so you don't need to ask for it to happen to you as though it's something that God's like sovereignly going to give you or not give you. Oh, I'm sorry. That is so offensive. Excuse me. That is really, really quite offensive to a lot of people. But I'm telling you from scripture, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of God. Oh, through the knowledge of God. Oh, what are, what's the knowledge? What is the knowledge that we're looking for? The knowledge of God. How do we unlock all the things that pertain into life and godliness? The knowledge of what is in our spirit the knowledge of what God has done for us on the, on, on the cross of Calvary. We are joined to the Lord. We are with him in one spirit. Our spirit is one with him. And so when you're asking for healing, when you're believing for healing, when you're trying to receive healing, it comes from the spirit. He has done it on the cross. It's done. Okay. It's done. And so your mind is the thing that we need to renew to the word of God. The mind is the thing that is the block, right? That's the blockage between the spirit and the body. The soul is between the spirit and the body, right? 
soul, body, soul, spirit. Body is your external, your physical, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. And then your spirit is your inner man, your true inner man. When you were born again, when you received Christ, I'm starting to preach. When you received Christ uh, for salvation, your spirit was completely born again. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Behold, all things have become new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Oh, if any man be in Christ, he, be, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things are become new. That when it says all things are become new, it's talking about all things in the spirit. It's not talking about all things in your soul because all things in your soul, like I mentioned, when I was born again at four years old, my mind didn't change, right? I didn't suddenly know things in my brain that I knew that I didn't know before. I mean, I knew I was born again and that brought, that brought peace, but that was it. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know anything. Nothing changed really in my soul realm. Certainly nothing changed in my physical realm. <laughs> you know, I was just as silly and whatever as I was before I got born again, you know, but my spirit was changed. When I received salvation, my spirit was saved. I was born again into the family of God. And friends, I'm here to tell you that your spirit has all the life and the power and the glory of God in it. And so your soul, your mind, when you renew your mind to the word of God, you are able to open up that channel, right? Open up that thing. And through the knowledge, through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of what he's done in you, through the knowledge of these things, you're able to experience the life and the power of God. Praise God. So the whole point is, you know, uh, uh, it comes from the spirit. Okay. You're speaking mysteries out of your spirit. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying in the spirit. It says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Oh, thank you, Lord. My goodness. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That when you pray in tongues, that when you pray in tongues, you're speaking directly to God. I want to make a point here. John Wesley wrote, uh, and John Wesley was the, you know, the founder, if you will, of the Methodist church. And he wrote a song called, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Listen to this. It says, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. My gracious master and my God assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad, the honors of thy name. The hymn goes, goes on. There's quite a few verses, but what I wanted to point out was that he, he actually talked about this, you know, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Have you ever noticed a friend that when you're in a worship service or when you're just in your private time worshiping and praising God in your na native language, in my case, it's English. In your case, if you're listening to me, it probably is English as well, <laughs> that you run out of, <laughs> what are you going to say to God, right? In English, like what on earth are you going to come up with with your natural mind to give adequate glory to the creator of the universe, right? Give me a break, honestly, right? Like we run out, we run out of, of praise. I mean, how do you articulate in your native language and in your native understanding, the glory of God and what he's done for us. Well, I'm telling you, friends, the reason you're leaving those times of worship, feeling, feeling like you've got something that you didn't quite get out. You know what I mean by that? I think you're going to understand what I mean by that. You're going to, you leave that time of worship and you're like, ah, I don't feel like I really adequately did God, y you know, the virtue that was due him, you know? I didn't worship him in the way that I really feel like he should be worshiped. I didn't really give him the glory that I know he deserves, right? You, you, you end up leaving that session feeling a little bit weird. I don't know how else to describe it. You just, you feel weird. You feel like you've missed it. You feel like, you know, and I'm not saying you're feeling inadequate. And I'm, I'm saying that when you, when you worship God, there's always a blessing and there's, it's always wonderful. But I'm telling you, how glorious would it be if you had a thousand tongues, 
to praise God. And you could articulate in an infinite amount of language the glory of God. That's what praying in tongues does. You can pray and sing in the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, um, uh, 14 through 15. It says, For if I pray with the tongue, my spirit prays. Oh, my spirit prays, guys. Remember? The spirit that's hooked up to the living God, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. My spirit prays, not my mind, right? Let's read on here. It says, for if I pray with a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So you can pray with the spirit and your mind isn't in on it. That throws a lot of people off. They want to be in control of everything. I had a man once talk to me, not a, not a believer, but he was asking about praying in tongues. And he says to me, he says, why would I want to pray in tongues if, my, if I don't understand what I'm saying? I want to know everything. He basically was saying that he wanted to be in control of everything. Why would you want to do something and you're going to be out of control of that situation? Well, I'm here to tell you, there's great freedom. And not in bypassing your your limited mind. Oh my goodness, our minds are so limited, but our spirits are connected to the living God. Oh, they're connected to him. It says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful. Well, sure it is. You just got a peanut brain up there. Praise God. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. My goodness, we got our spirits though. Thank God for the spirit, the spirit of God that's connected with our spirit. Verse 15, it says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. Friends, it's an act of your will. It's an act of your will to pray with the spirit and to pray with the understanding. It says, I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. You can sing in the spirit. We just had a recent, recently had a worship night at our home group. And I encourage people along these lines. In fact, I use that very same verse to encourage them about singing in the spirit and, and singing out with a new song to the Lord. And so during that time, there were times when we would, when I would lead out, you know, and we would, um, and others would as well sing out with the spirit in our natural languages, right? So that's also possible. You can sing with the spirit, but it also comes through your mind, okay? And that comes across as maybe some English, you know, stanza or, or a new chorus in the Lord, you know, some, some new psalm of praise or something, and it's in your natural language. That can be from the spirit as well. It's coming from the spirit into your mind. And because in that moment, you're allowing the spirit to take control. You're allowing your spirit to take control over your mind and have precedent over your body in these things, you can let the power of the spirit come through. But you can also sing with the spirit in tongues. And that's easier, I think. I think that's that's just much easier. You just belt out and start praying and singing in tongues. And I'm telling you, we can trust God that when we pray in tongues and when we sing in tongues, we are going to be singing out and praying out the exact will of God. My goodness, we are going to get into this, into the next episode, the, the specific benefits of speaking and praying in tongues. But one of them, here's a spoiler alert. One of them is absolute perfection when it comes to intercessory prayer. My goodness, friends, how many times, just like in the situation I talked about a minute ago with uh, worship, right? You, you leave a worship session or a worship time with the Lord and you're like, ah, I don't feel like I got it all out. I feel like God's worthy of so much more. Well, you're right. <laughs> you can't in your own natural mind give that much glory to God with your natural mind, because our minds don't have that type of understanding of our, of our God, right? If our minds have that type of understanding, we wouldn't be here on earth anymore. We'd be in heaven. That's the only place that our minds are going to have a full and complete understanding of God. Okay. On this earth though, we see through a glass darkly. We don't understand everything in our natural mind and we never will praise God, but we can, we can move in that direction. That's what I want to do. 
I want to move in that direction. And, but our spirits, they have full knowledge. Our spirits are completely connected. Again, our spirits are one with the Lord. Behold, all things have become new. Our spirits are one with the Lord. And so when you pray in tongues, it says, behold, and listen to this. It says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. We are speaking out the mysteries of God, the hidden things. Remember that word musterion means the secret things, the hidden things of God. And so when we pray in the spirit, we pray in tongues, it actually allows the perfect will of God to come out. Oh my goodness. We are able to actually pray the perfect will of God. How would you like to be able to walk up to somebody and say, hey, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I know the perfect will of God. And I know how to pray over your life exactly where you're at. Every single need met, every single thing that you're dealing with and you're struggling with, and you know the will of God regarding that thing. And you can just lay hands on them and pray. And then they'll look up at you and you say, oh my goodness, how did you know, brother? You knew everything there was to know. Well, that's how it is in the spirit. And by the way, you can operate in a gift, uh, uh, the, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's completely possible. But I'm talking about, I mean, at a moment's notice, you can just stop what you're doing. You can pray in tongues. You can pray in the spirit and you are praying out those perfect mysteries of God, the perfect will of God. You don't know in your natural mind what it is, but you, you can, you can pray in the spirit and you can pray in tongues and it will release these things and you can operate in intercessory prayer this way. That's one reason why when you're praying for someone, when someone calls you up and says, Oh brother, I'm dealing with this and please pray for me. And you say, yeah, I'll pray. So you start praying and you realize you don't know what to pray. What do you do? You don't know their situation. You don't know everything about what's going on. You don't know what the enemy is doing in their life. You don't know what choices they have made. You don't know what doors they've opened. You don't know what's operating in their life or against their life, right? You have no idea all the spiritual mechanics that are going on behind the scenes. So how can you adequately pray when we really don't understand? Well, most of the time it ends up just being a very general prayer. And of course we pray scripture. That's the, that's the best way to pray is you pray scripture. Um, and that's fine. And that's, that's very good, you know, when you're praying with your native language, but there is a deeper way to pray over a person. You can pray in tongues. It doesn't mean you have to pray in tongues in their presence and freak them out if they're not, you know, if they're not used to it or whatever. I'm just saying in your private prayer times, you can pray in tongues and pray in the spirit over those people. And you can trust and you can know that God is praying through you. The Holy Spirit is speaking and praying through you. And you're praying out the perfect will of God. Now, I've really, um, I mean, I've really gotten into it today. I was, this is just an introduction. My goodness, I've already gone quite a bit of time on this. So I'm going to wrap this up. I've just, um, I just really wanted to introduce the topic of speaking in tongues. And, and next time I'm planning on really going through some specific benefits to speaking in tongues um, in the private prayer life. But suffice to say that, um, you know, Jesus said that these signs will follow them that believe. They will speak with new tongues. So there's different kinds of tongues. They are for them who believe, right? They're for them who believe and they are, uh, they're for a sign. You know, this, it's a sign that will follow the believers. What is the, it a sign of? It's a sign that these people are believers, that we're preaching the true gospel of Jesus. We want to preach the whole gospel of Jesus. And I'm not, let me back up for a second. I'm not saying that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not preaching the gospel. I'm not saying that, okay? Please don't misunderstand me. Please don't misquote me. Please don't send me an email about it. I'm not going to read it, okay? <laughs> if you're trying to misquote me and say something that I didn't say. What I'm saying is that Praying in tongues is a sign of, of believers. It's a sign of believers, okay? And so 
we've seen from scripture here, just in a couple small areas, and there's so many other places um, that that show us that tongues are are good and tongues are, are a sign and they're of God. And so this whole thing of tongues being from the enemy, I'm here to tell you, scripture doesn't say anything about that at all. Now, I will say in some personal experience, and I do feel like I should share some personal experience here, I have experienced people that have been possessed by a demon who manifest through speaking in a unknown language. And to the untrained ear, it does, or even to the trained ear, I guess, I mean, to to the natural ear, it may sound like a person speaking in tongues, you know, just like you'd hear at a Pentecostal church or something. Now, just because of the enemy is uh, counterfeiting or copying a manifestation of God doesn't mean that the actual manifestation of God in reality and in truth is wrong. You see what I'm saying? And so that's where spiritual discernment comes in. You're like, man, my holy, you know, my spirit inside me, the Holy Spirit is saying things uh, that this, this, yeah, this sounds like tongues, but something's not right. And you have a check in your spirit. You have a little red flag going off. And we were just talking about this to somebody just recently, or they, they actually recently saw this manifestation. They were wondering, they didn't understand what it was, but they felt in their spirit something. They're like, I didn't, I didn't feel right in my spirit. You know, that's the Holy Spirit warning you. And sure enough, this person, you know, um, there was a, there was a demonic manifestation going on. And, and we've seen this as well, you know, where there's demonic manifestations that come across as tongues. Does that mean that tongues are evil and that tongues are the devil? Of course not. Of course not. Just because the devil copy, copies something and counterfeits something doesn't mean that the true should be thrown out as well. And so there's a distinction. And so I suppose that there's there's people who maybe have have seen that or experienced that who maybe are turned off. Um, and, and I will say this one thing. I had a friend who asked me about this very same thing. He was very skeptical, um, had a lot of teaching along these lines, you know, the tongues are the devil and this, that, and the other, and, you know, bless his heart. Um, and hey, man, you know, praise God, I just, I just was, I'm just grateful that I wasn't under any of that type of teaching where I had to just have all that, all that foundation tore out, you know, I just had nothing. I had a blank slate and so I could just get into the Bible and believe it and go for it. But um, I recognize that some of you have had lots of teaching along these lines. And so I want to encourage you that, you know, before we build upon the foundation, like I'm going to do in these next few episodes, before we build on that foundation, you've got to tear out what's underneath it. Okay. So I encourage you to get with the Lord, get into the Bible and let the Lord speak to you and encourage you and bring revelation to you about these things. What's true? What's not true? What's doctrine? Like what's real doctrine and what's man's doctrine and what am I believing? And what does the Bible say about these things? You know, and and get in there and, and let's tear out some of those bad foundations so that we can build what's right and what's true on top of it. Okay. And God's word is right and true. And so for, from personal experience, um, you know, this is one of those things where you just, you test the spirits in first John chapter four, it tells you how to test the spirits and you ask them if Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And if they say no, <laughs> and if they're being operated, uh, by, you know, through a spirit and they, and they say no, uh, then you are pretty sure, uh, what, what type of spirit that is. And so we've seen this happen. Um, you know, but, uh, but again, I just want to encourage you that tongues are, are, are very scriptural. It's been, um, again, study out, I encourage you to study out, uh, that verse I mentioned in Mark chapter 16, these signs will follow them that believe they will speak with new tongues and then just get into first Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, also chapter 12 talks a lot about the gifts of, uh, of the spirit rather in reality, it's not even the word gifts. It's the word manifestations of the spirit, things of, and pertaining to the Holy spirit. And so, there's so much here, but I just wanted to introduce the topic. Okay. Personal tongues, private tongues, 
prayer language. Man, you're speaking to God from your spirit. You can pray out in the spirit. You can intercede for people in the spirit. You can pray out these perfect, perfect, perfect will of God. Um, and these things are a sign that you're that you're on the right track. They're a sign that you know, man, uh, we're we're going we're going someplace with Jesus here, right? And not only that, that's the sign to the believer, but the sign to the unbeliever, right? We talked about that where it could manifest as a as a language to this other person that they understand. And here you are reading their mail, right, as it were, or you're you're preaching and you're sharing the glory of Jesus. I've heard people um, preaching, literally preaching the gospel of Jesus in Arabic something that doesn't happen very often in the Arabic language, preaching Jesus, not Muhammad, but Jesus. And we've seen this happen as well. And so I want to encourage you today, let the Bible uh, get in the way of what you believe. You know, let the Bible challenge you. And praying in tongues, um, speaking in tongues is totally for us today. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not attempting to convince anybody of the fact. And so today I just wanted to introduce the topic and kind of get your feet wet with it and really encourage you along these lines, um, again, from personal experience, but more importantly, from the word of God. And, uh, in the next episode, we're going to get right into some of the benefits of praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. And man, I think it's really going to be an encouragement to you. Um, I've got five points here that, um, I really think are going to encourage and build you up in this area. Um, but I encourage you, uh, you know, ask somebody, if this is really hitting you in the heart, if this is kind of poking at some soft spots in your heart, I just encourage you to, to be soft and receptive to what the Lord has. You know, don't listen to just what I say and take what I say for gospel. Man, get into the word of God. Ask a trusted leader or pastor or friend or someone who you know is grounded in the word of God. And, and if possible, somebody who already is speaking in tongues and baptizing the spirit so they have experience. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of opinions, but they don't have a lot of experience. Okay, that's one thing. But I want to encourage you, um, just talk to them about this stuff and share your concerns. I mean, God's not offended, right? God's not offended with your doubts and your questions about these things. It's good to question these things and it's good to, uh, to be careful what you believe. But my encouragement is to get into the word of God. So hopefully this has been an encouragement and a helpful, helpful podcast to you today. Let's wrap it up and I'm going to see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. Please check us out at unstoppableblog.net. And please also check us out uh, at patreon.com slash unstoppable blog. We're going to have a lot of cool projects coming up again with Pastor Peter and, um, and some other things. So God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppableblog.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. We hope this podcast has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits.